I'm Kyle McNulty, and you're listening to Secure Ventures, the show that follows cutting-edge founders in the cybersecurity space to understand their plights, glories, and revolutionary products. Now, this episode is a special recording from a live interview at Blue Ventures Cyber Summit. As a result, the format and sound is slightly different than a typical episode. I hope you enjoy. Well, with me here, Bilal Balosh. Thank you for that, making sure I got that right. Uh, again, appreciate your time here and really looking forward to, to diving into your story. I'd love to start with maybe just a, a quick introduction to kind of who you are. And I have some keynotes I want to drill into as far as your background, but maybe just give a, a quick introduction as to who you are. Yeah, sure. First of all, Carl, thank you for having me. Uh, we're having a wonderful time here at the, the BVI uh, conference and. It's lovely to mix it up with having this conversation with you. Yeah. So my background is uh, really straddling two worlds over the last decade or so. One, as an academic, uh, I'm a political scientist by training, yeah. mainly worked on issues of comparative politics, international security and international affairs, um, and specifically for my uh, PhD work and for my book that came out last year, I looked at government decision-making, especially during times of crisis. Hmm. And uh, we'll come back to to that in a second. And uh, the second part of my career has been as a consultant, uh, mainly in the political risk space uh, and in the global macro space, uh, working with various organizations to advise companies, especially investors, on how they can understand risk uh, within emerging and frontier markets, both as uh, a area that they need to navigate if they're going to understand these markets better, but also as opportunity, right? And really from both those experiences, my company Inquire is born. Yep. Uh, my co-founders and I felt that the existing stack of places to gather global insights on any issue uh, were either prohibitively expensive uh, or slow in terms of delivering the subject matter expertise a investor or a consultant is looking for. And then on the other side, because it did start off as a two-sided marketplace, talent in markets around the world is rapidly growing in what we consider the knowledge economy. And, you know, we all have a supercomputer in our pocket. Yeah. So why not expand uh, the pool of individuals and subject matter experts that decision makers can get to uh, by creating a mechanism to do that? And that's how Inquire was born. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, when I first looked at your background, I was like, where am I even going to start with this? Like, I think we have to get to the kind of initial background in terms of your, your PhD in political science and how that's framed some of this consulting work and, and overall kind of risk consulting, right? Which is mm-hmm. such a key part of cybersecurity. Yep. And then we'll talk about Inquire and, and how that ties into cybersecurity today. Obviously, yeah. it's just one element of that marketplace. So, I mean, tell me a little bit, what was the kind of initial goal getting that, that PhD? What did it look like going through academia? Yeah. So I did my PhD at Oxford. Uh, I'd always wanted to go beyond just my my undergrad and the masters because uh, I was really fascinated by different questions that I want to dive deeper in. Sure. And you know, when you're in your undergrad or you're doing your masters, you end up getting involved in so many other areas of school life, um, whether it's sports or social, and the ability to sit down and just concentrate on one question or one set of questions is not always there. And For me personally, uh, because I wanted to go into a a practitioner's 
uh, career path. Right. I wanted to study a question that would have resonance not just in the classroom and in the lab, so to speak, but for practitioners such as you know governments and private sector uh, corporations, etc. And so that landed me on decision making, and sure. decision making specifically in the context of crises. Hmm. You know, I think it's very easy for us to say that the last 10, 15 years we've seen uh, pretty large-scale crises, whether they be financial, economic, security, and otherwise. But they've also been happening throughout history. Yep. But what I do think is particularly relevant and uh, unique about our moment over the last 10, 15 years are the technologies and the mechanisms we have to understand what's happening in the world around us. Hmm. You know, there's more data coming at us in the last two Definitely. years than there has been in the previous 200. <laughs> and so, you know, I think there are some fantastic cybersecurity companies that are trying to combat that challenge in terms of exogenous shocks and exogenous risks, either from a defensive or, or, or um, offensive perspective. And I think where we fit in is we're trying to take another component of that decision-making cycle, which is how do you get to verified information hmm. quickly and efficiently? Sure. You know, misinformation is all around us. We're all facing it. Either that's through social media apps that we're flicking through or a particular news channel that we watch. And so to be able to quickly and... Um, in a transparent way deliver to decision makers in the private or public sector content from subject matter experts that can be validated and verified through a combination of human intelligence and artificial intelligence right. for us felt like a very timely challenge and mm. thankfully you know we've been around for about two and a half three years um, the use case has been pretty broad uh, a lot of our clients are watching what's happening around the world from a security and risk perspective, and they're able to use our product to be able to ramp up and scale their knowledge thirst by asking questions on our platform and receiving these subject matter insights, and while all the time having an ability to go deeper uh, and, and actually work closely with these experts. So, you know, it's something that beyond the sort of risk and cybersecurity space, uh, we're able to assist clients. In. Right, right. So, I mean, it sounds like from everything you're describing, right, there was this background and, hey, I want to help these decision makers solve difficult problems in the political climate and landscape and all these crises that exist throughout history, right? You mentioned the uh, just large dose that we've had in the last 10 to 15 years and it'll likely continue, right? Um, you decided, hey, what if we went ahead and built this platform that is much more scalable than you as an individual consulting to all these different folks, right? What if we had something that can connect all of the relevant subject matter experts to help these decision makers make decisions that are as informed as possible? That's a big leap from providing consulting services in decision making. So, I mean, again, political science background, probably not much of a technical background in terms of like software development. What was that like making the decision to like build a full tech platform and how did you go about it? Yeah, that's a very good question. And, you know, I think fundamentally it starts with what's the problem, right? Sure. What's the challenge? What's the pain point? 
and I won't bang the drum too much on, on what I just discussed uh, as the pain point for decision makers today. Right. Um, but a twin or parallel part of that is exactly what you just said is, well, then you have to build a scalable solution if that's the route right. you're going right. to go down. Thankfully for us, we've always been able to be very open and transparent as leaders of a startup on what we don't know. And what we don't know are, you know, the skill sets that a lot of our engineering team and product team bring. So we've been able to hire well. We've been able to not just bring in, but also empower uh, our engineering and product team, who in turn from us have needed real clarity over what the client's pain point is and what we envision building. And that's where our value add for them is. So I think right. for anyone out there who is a non-technical founder that has aspirations to build a solution that will require a pretty heavy technical input, um, even prior to building, I think surrounding yourself with advisors and investors and just generally well-wishers for your project that come from a technical background can be really quite helpful because quite frankly it can often even demystify the challenge ahead you know I can sit here and tell you that our everything from our matching algorithm to our ability to produce content validate content has a significant involvement of artificial intelligence models that we have trained, that we have built in a proprietary way. Right. Um, that sounds very technical and wonkish, <laughs> but actually when you dive into it and the logic on which an artificial intelligence model works, uh, some very basic principles around the amount and type and sourcing of data that goes into a viable AI model. What's it learning? Where from? How do you de-risk it by moving it away from biases, certainly in our world? You know, these are also questions of information, data, research, ethics, that having a PhD or coming from a, a background sure. where you've been a researcher can be really quite powerful. Right. And so, I guess to your point, right, building that kind of diverse team and saying, hey, what does our founding team really excel at? Part of it's obviously identifying that problem and, and the corresponding solution to begin with. And then, well, we might not have the engineering talent as a founding team, but ultimately we'll go out and find it and just make sure we're hiring the right people to get to that scalable solution that we're looking for. That's right. So, I mean, thinking about the Inquire platform a little bit more, right? Essentially, the way I'm, I'm thinking about this is, two-sided marketplace, you have consultants and you have people that are looking for information. So maybe subject matter experts and right. people who are looking for subject matter experts. Right. And your role is to essentially help connect these two parties and say, hey, you're looking for information about, I don't know, what's a good example today? Like area that people are commonly looking for information. So one of the areas that has course recently been of salient interest to our clients are the ripple effects and ramifications of the Ukraine invasion. Sure. Um, everything from energy markets to supply chains again uh, <laughs> and cross-border payments. Agriculture with, is another one. That and within that, there. everything from risks to best practices to identification of organizations that are doing the best work. You name it. Right. Um, 
But you know, as a marketplace, which was our founding, we've been able to evolve the tool because we've always been squarely focused on the pain point. Sure. You know, combining your previous question with this one, we started with the premise that we wanted to make the connection between these question askers and the question answers right. um, pretty seamless. And in doing that, in focusing on that, Kyle, we've ended up building a product that goes far beyond just a two-sided marketplace. Mm. Think of it as your own curated Quora, where you know, going on Quora and you're asking a question about you know, uh, when was the Constitution written and where, who were its main authors, that's the type of thing you'd ask. You'd get crowdsourced answers, they would vote on it and it would aggregate to the top and you'd get the best answer. Um, but with us, our fundamental technology, which we've patented, facilitates the ability to a decision maker to ask a question or multiple questions and in real time receive curated bite-sized pieces of knowledge <laughs> from a network of experts. Now, on the face of it, two-sided marketplace. But the real value and the, the future growth of the platform, which already uh, we're seeing borne out, is taking the tool and allowing other organizations to use it. Hmm. Because one of the biggest challenges we face today, certainly post-COVID, is digital transformation and knowledge discovery, right? And so organizations around the world want to be able to better leverage their internal knowledge assets. Yeah. And what we can do is we can license our technology to these firms. And for them, they're able to put their own employees onto it Sure. And then discover who knows what, hmm. right? Imagine the power of finally being able to know in real time that I'm working on a project, perhaps I'm doing due diligence on a company, perhaps I'm building a pitch deck for a client, whatever that may be, I'm now able to do research towards that and get insights from my colleagues around sure. the world without having to go down a Google rabbit hole, without having to hire external experts that are going to eat into my budget. All the while, that data and information from my colleagues is coming in in a smart user experience way where I don't have to actively go and search for it. Right, yeah. And that's what we're doing. That's why, you know, for anyone out there who's thinking about or working on a marketplace, um, incredible business, uh, comes with a lot of challenges, <laughs> but being able to evolve it and focusing on the pain point can lead to it growing and blooming into something else. And for us, that's become essentially a business where we build knowledge networks and the tools for knowledge networks for other companies. Right. And I mean, from that solution that you just described, right, addressing that knowledge gap within an organization, it makes me think especially of some of these more like formal and structured top-down organizations where, hey, maybe you have like a management team that typically only sources within themselves, but now all of a sudden through technology, you've made it easier to source out to all the different analysts across the entire organization. Right. So you can capture that information that some of these folks have without having to 
open up those like table discussions to an extra again thousand people. Yeah. So it seems like again to your point, in some of these more rigid formal organizations, it allows you to kind of address that gap and say, hey, who's got some more information that might be insightful for a specific problem that we're dealing with? Correct, and you know it, it's it's a challenge that can be quantified. Sure. For every 1,000 employees an organization has, they waste around $35 million a year <laughs> of those employees either looking for information they can't find hmm. or building pre-existing knowledge assets. That is hundreds of thousands of hours wasted a year by employees not being able to find what they're looking for sure. or trusting what they're looking for. Sure. And so to build an ecosystem where you can finally leverage knowledge assets that already exist within your own firm and being able to do so productively can open up the space for your employees to spend more time on the analytical component of their job and their right. work, which can have pretty significant repercussions for loyalty to the workplace, mental health, and general productivity of our labor force, especially right. given the moment we're in right now with the great resignation. Yep. And I think, again, common theme a lot of folks are trying to tackle, right? Speaking with Lisa of Nopsec this morning, mm -hmm. she was talking about a similar trend in vulnerability management, where, hey, how do we get analysts working on the tasks that are more require more insight and require more analysis and that are more stimulating to make sure that these folks are engaged and want to continue working for the organization as opposed to spending time browsing Google, for example, right? That's exactly so, right. I mean, take me to cybersecurity now, yeah. right? Because we're talking about Inquire as a two-sided marketplace, talking about how it's evolved over time to be less of a two-sided marketplace and more of a curated Quora, as you said, and, and connecting these um, information providers with people who are searching for it. I mean, how has cybersecurity taken over as maybe one of the key topics on the platform that, that folks are looking for? Yeah, I think that's a very good question. So, you know, we're a DC native startup. Yeah. We come from backgrounds adjacent to cybersecurity in due diligence, political risk, public policy. And over the course of the last decade or so, both from a hard security, but also from a general zeitgeist, cybersecurity has become a core part of how we think about risk, from the individual all the way to the corporate. And that for us speaks very squarely to a challenge that decision makers face. What should my cybersecurity needs be? How do I defend myself against those risks? And how do I proactively build an ecosystem that right. can uh, factor in, but perhaps even take advantage of this environment? And that's a space that we're very much adjacent to. So the same individual, the same business that is being proactive and thinking through some of their cybersecurity exposures also want to understand what is their exposure and risk and what is their opportunity in other realms pertaining to security. Hmm. So for example, yeah. if you're thinking through a salience of cyber attacks coming from a particular country, sure. or if you're thinking through um, your, the phishing risks that your employees may have as they transition to a work from home environment, 
being able to stay ahead of those threats requires you to be also fully aware of your informational environment, of the contextual reasons behind a particular risk or a threat. And so what we can do is we can work with cybersecurity firms to make sure that their clients, their users, also have access to contextual intelligence that can better inform or supplement some of their security risks, uh, risk assessments. Right. So a large number of our clients are actually security teams hmm. in large corporates. Interesting. Who have to identify in real time often uh, which threats exist for their operations or for their business or for their employees. Right. Um, and they use our tool to connect with subject matter experts uh, in those areas to be able to come up to speed with it. Hmm. And that's what I was going to say, and you kind of already alluded to it, right? Is that consulting projects in the security space are typically more than answering a couple of questions, right? It tends to be much more in-depth. Hey, we have to understand the entire context of your environment. What are the different assets that you're using? What are the vulnerabilities that come along with it? And that totally depends on, again, like the type of assessment or project that that consulting team is delivering. It sounds like from what you just described, there's more of a focus on, hey, what sort of like situational awareness or essentially threat intelligence can Inquire provide a security team that allows them to maybe target their defenses towards some more evolving threats that exist, um, or just include that additional context as I think about the risks that exist to their organization. Is that essentially it? I mean, it yeah, seems it like is because there's a con you know in any risk assessment there's a there's a contextual component, right? Yeah. There's a there's a historical, a contextual, a rapid, fast moving piece to it as well. Right. And the traditional consulting model albeit viable and supremely insightful and important, takes time, Yeah. right? To be able to get an opportunity to tap into and sit down with and map out a lot of this stuff with your consultant of choice is by its very nature a very human-to-human time-consuming process, as it should be. But what we're able to do is take that same logic of needing contextual intelligence, on the ground intelligence of what is actually happening here, that can supplement our more defensive interventions. We're able to deliver that contextual intelligence rapidly because it's coming in bite-sized digestible chunks. Hmm. It's coming from a range of experts, so it's kind of like a mini survey. Sure. And it gets you quickly up to speed. So you can still go deeper with a consultant, but what you need at that particular moment, or what your clients need at that particular moment, is something that's a bit more nimble. Content first, sure. viable and verified, and from multiple sources, right. and that's what we're delivering. Right. Yeah, I mean, I know we're short on time here. I feel like there's so much more to dive into as far as like that validation process, what you're doing to source all of these different experts. Uh, but I guess folks are going to have to reach out to you to, yes, to learn a little bit more uh, as far as just your approach at Inquire and how you've been able to, to grow this into something that is usable across the industry today. So again, really appreciate your time here. Hopefully this serves as kind of a teaser for folks as far as what you've been working on and, and gets folks interested as far as 
the possibilities for this tool. And I think it's really interesting as far as the potential continued applications within security and how that continues to grow as well beyond just some of those threat intelligence indicators and into uh, maybe more like specific problems as like the subject matter experts grow and as people become more comfortable with what the platform is really capable of. Absolutely. Kyle, thank you so much. This was a real pleasure. Um, yeah, looking forward to, to the other conversations you're having and uh, talking more. Perfect. All right. Take Have a care. great rest of your day. You too. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can write to me at kyle at secureventures.io. I'm Kyle McNulty and you've been listening to Secure Ventures.